Well, good morning, everyone. It is really good to see you, and I mean that sincerely. Uh, many of you know that I am the executive director of Equip Ministries International, and we have had so far a banner year of being able to travel. Uh, when a lot of people have not been able to travel overseas last year, we started this year uh, going to Guatemala, Dominican Republic, and just recently in the last uh, couple of weeks, Matt Young and I uh, returned from Guatemala again, training pastors and church leaders that have very little Bible training at all. And so we had the great opportunity when we were in Guatemala to train 119 pastors uh, that have very little Bible training in the area of Bible study methods and in the area of pastoral leadership. So Thank you for praying. These believers are incredible. They love the Lord. They love his word. And so to break bread with these believers, uh, certainly different language, different culture, different sights and smells, but we serve the same living God. Amen. And uh, it is incredible to see what God is doing. So thank you for praying. Uh, my wife and I are very happy today because um, uh, our two girls have returned from Thailand. One of them had been there for four years. The other had been there for two, and so they flew in Friday night. So uh, we are happy parents to have them home uh, for good. So uh, thanks for clapping. And so, um, yeah, uh, so we are, we are uh, it is so good to have them home. It is so good. So, uh, so we are uh, continuing this incredible series uh, on the Ten Commandments and how God is working in our life and uh, kind of applying and learning and digesting these Ten Commandments. And so we're going to review them today uh, so that we get them not only in our head, but we also get them in our heart. And so would you say these with me? Commandment number one, you shall have no other gods before me. Commandment number two, you should not make for yourselves an idol. Commandment number three, you should not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Commandment number four, remember the Sabbath by making it holy. Commandment five, honor your father and mother. Commandment six, you shall not murder. Commandment seven, you should not commit adultery. Commandment eight, you should not steal. Commandment nine, you should not give false testimony against your neighbor. And commandment 10, you should not covet anything that belongs to your neighbor. Let's just take a minute, pause and pray together. Father, thanks for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to be in your house. We pray now as we open up your word and as we continue this rich study and the Ten Commandments that you would not only just remind us daily, but that they would become a part of our life. They would become a part of our soul. That as we are out and about in this world, you would remind us that we are your ambassador, that we represent you. And so uh, we live in a world that there are many people that don't even know what the Ten Commandments are, and we trust, Lord, that they would get into our heart and that you would remind us again of just how good you are to us. Thanks for our time, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let me set up or tee up this morning for you uh, the Ninth Commandment that we're going to be looking at, and that is to say this. All of us in here have done it. And if you don't think you have done it, you just did. I'm talking about lying today. Everyone, if we're honest, we would say there's been some time or another in my life that I have lied. I have said something that I shouldn't. I lied to get in a situation. I lied to get out of a situation. But I have lied. How many? Okay. We've all lied. Okay. We call them fibs, fabrications, falsehoods, fish tails, tall tales, stretching the truth, uh, embellishing the truth, half-truths, but any way you look at it, a lie is a lie. And we can try to justify what we say, 
But when we lie to ourselves, or we lie to others, or we lie to God, it is an offense to the character and nature of God. University of Massachusetts did a study not too long ago, and the people that were in the study, 60% of them could not carry on a 10-minute conversation without lying. Okay, 60% of them. It said that the average person lies four times a day. Went on to say that parents get lied to the most, coming in at 86%. And then friends get lied to at 75%. Siblings, 73, and spouses at 69. But what I found fascinating is where the greatest number of lies are shared. Two places that the greatest number of lies are shared. One of them, 40% of the people would say that they lie on a job resume. That what they say, they appear to be bigger or better or more qualified or more experienced. 40% of the people, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but you know who you are. 40% of the people have lied on a job resume. But the one that takes the blue ribbon for lying, 90% of people have lied when they give their profile on a dating site. On a dating site. That they appear to be bigger or better. They're like, yeah, I'm 6'4". But when you meet them, like they're the size of Bruce Rosa, you know? know? And so they're lying, lying, lying. Lying has become commonplace in our culture today. We don't give a second thought about lying or, or a half-truth or, or saying something that is not true at all. It's almost as if our conscience in some way has been seared. No one ever had to teach us how to lie. And that takes us all the way back to the garden with Adam and Eve when Adam and Eve had taken and eaten of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and the Lord finds them, they are feeling guilty, they are feeling shame, and they are trying to cover it up, and they are lying to the Lord because of what has happened. All that to say that that doesn't justify it or make it right. All that to say that we, lying has been going on before we were born, and lying will continue after we are gone. The ninth commandment is a call to truthfulness. Let's say that together. The ninth commandment is a call to truthfulness. It forbids false accusation, lies, or slander of any kind which injures the reputation of another. Couple questions to think about. Is it okay to lie? Is it ever okay to lie? How about a life and death situation? Is it okay to lie in that That context, here's the challenging one. Is it okay to lie when you're trying to be polite? Is it okay to lie when you don't want to hurt someone else's feelings? Um, Men, you know the challenge, don't you? When our wives say, honey, do I look good in this dress? Honey, do you like my new hairstyle? Is it okay to lie so you don't want to hurt their feelings? Is it okay to lie? Because that's what this commandment is about. Well, really, it, it actually goes a little bit deeper, as we'll see this morning. God attaches value to things throughout our life. And as we've been walking through the Ten Commandments, he has taught us that God attaches value to life. That's why in the Sixth Commandment, it says, Thou shalt not, what? Murder. 
God attaches value to marriage. That's why in the seventh commandment, he says, thou shalt not commit adultery. He tells us that God values the personal property of someone else. That's why he says in commandment eight, you shall not steal. And so here we are in the ninth commandment that says, you should not bear false testimony and witness against your neighbor. Why? Because God values truthfulness. And it shouldn't surprise us because truthfulness encompasses who God is. He is truth. For example, Psalm 31.5, the Lord is called the God of truth. Daniel 10.21, God's word is called the book of truth. Zechariah 8.3, Jerusalem is called the city of truth. John 14.6, we all know this, say it. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 14, 17, Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the spirit of truth. Everything about God centers around truthfulness. And that is why if we claim that we are a Christ follower, we should be intentional in walking in truth and thinking in truth because he is truth. David said in Psalm 51, 6, Surely, Lord, you desire truth in the inner parts. In the inner man, that down in the depths of our soul, in the heart of our hearts, what does God require from us? He requires truthfulness because he is truth. So it should resonate in our life. Now, we have been walking through these Ten Commandments, and it's interesting, when you look at these Ten Commandments, two of them deal with our speech. The other eight deal with attitudes or they deal with behavior, but two deal with our speech. The third commandment says you should not take the name of the Lord in vain or misuse the the Lord's name, commandment three. Commandment nine then says we shall not give false testimony or witness against our neighbor. In other words, honesty and truthfulness should be paramount in how we treat one another. Who is your neighbor? It's the person sitting beside you. It's the person across the pew. It's the person across the street. It's the person in another state. We, they're our neighbor, our fellow man. Now, the ninth commandment deals, yes, with lying in general. But more specifically, the context implies that it deals with not committing perjury in a court of law when you're giving testimony or being sworn in. It's about not saying anything false about another person. It's about resisting the temptation to ruin someone's reputation or character. I don't know how many of you have been in a court of law, but it used to be that when you went into a court of law, you would have to put your your hand on the Bible. And you would have to swear in, if you were swearing in against a crime or a wrongdoing or giving your not opinion, but the truth on something, and you would hear these words. Do you promise to tell the the whole and nothing but the, so help me? Yeah, yeah. And how many people have stood there with their hand, the hand on their Bible or on a Bible and have lied out of their teeth? This commandment is dealing specifically with not committing perjury against our neighbor in a court of law. So you're like, oh, I'm good then. I'm in the court ever. It has more to do with that as well. God requires not only faithfulness in a court of law, but even outside of a courtroom, 
requires that we live life as if we were under oath to tell the truth all the time. So there are two ways that the Ninth Commandment forbids um, certain speech. One is an area of false accusation. False accusation being that when someone drags someone's good name through the mud. How many of you know of a situation like that? The person has impeccable character, great reputation, and all of a sudden somebody makes a false accusation that is not true at all and just drags that person through the mud. Does it through malicious gossip, a slander, maligning someone's character? Uh, Exodus 23, 1-3, you should not spread a false report. That's a good reminder for all of us. You, sh- you shall not join hands with a wicked man to be a malicious witness. You shall not fall in with the, en- or with the many to do evil. Nor shall you bear witness in a lawsuit siding with the many so as to pervert justice. Nor shall you be partial to a poor man in his lawsuit. In Proverbs 6, 16 to 19, it says there are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. Why don't we read this together? There are six things, let's read it together. There's, come on. There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among brothers. You see that there. Uh, A lying tongue and a false witness who breathes out lies. God that goes against his nature. He is the God of truthfulness. So he hates when we lie. But just being told not to bring a false accusation against somebody doesn't fix it for a lot of us. It's when we are a truth seeker that we become a truth teller because we are being guided and directed by the Holy Spirit who leads us into all truth. John 16, 13 tells us that. The second way that the ninth commandment forbids certain speech is in the area of lies. This is more for us unless you are in a court of law. But the lies here, uh, this would be lies we tell ourselves, lies we tell others, or even God, to prevent punishment, shame, guilt, or to build ourselves up. Anybody here ever build themselves up and what you're sharing is false? I, I don't know of many people that would tear themselves down, but we certainly do that with others. And so there are certain lies that we tell ourselves, certain lies that we tell others, and certain lies that we even tell the Lord. And you may say, well, I don't know if I do that. Lord, I promise I will never do this again. This is the last time. It's the last time. And we find ourselves doing it again and again and again. Proverbs 12, 22, the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. Psalm 34, 12 and 13. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. Ephesians 4, 15. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in res- we will grow to become in every respect a mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. Let me just stop there for a second. It says, instead, speaking the truth in love. We can speak the truth, but we're not loving sometimes when we say it. 
Or we can be loving but not truthful in what we say. He says, speak the truth in love. Psalm 120, verse 2, Save me, Lord, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. I've shared this story one time in my life. I'm not proud of this story. But I was right around 8, 9, 10 years of age, and it seemed like every kid, every guy on the playground had a pair of sweats that had a stripe, a white stripe that went right down the side of their sweats. And man, they were so cool. I mean, it was so cool. And I did not have a pair of sweats like that. And I asked, and I asked, and I asked my parents, please, let me get a pair of sweats that has, has this white swath. I didn't use the word swath with them. But I said, a, a, a white stripe that went down the side. Finally, my dad one day took me to TJ Maxx. You know TJ Maxx. And so I, I, I saw the pair of sweats that I wanted. They were exactly what I wanted. I also took a couple other pairs of sweats into the dressing room. They had dressing rooms that time, that, that, during that time that you could actually go into. Okay. And so I went in, and I, I've got my three pairs of sweats, and I'm putting them on. But the one pair of sweats I really wanted, man, I'm like, oh, that's it, that's it. Now, back in the day, they used to have a pin that you would just put through the price tag onto the clothing. It's just a small little pin. It's not like today where you've got the plastic that wraps around every pair of jeans and shirt for about 20 times. It was just a simple tag that said the price and a pin that would go through it. You know what's coming. I'm standing there, and I see a pair of sweats for $12, a pair of sets, uh, uh, sweats for $12, and a pair of sweats for $6. And the pair of sweats that I wanted, it said $12. I'm standing in this box in my underwear, and I'm thinking how easy it would be to switch these tags so that my sweats would only cost $6. I knew it was wrong. I knew that it was dishonest. And yet I found myself switching the tags. I walked out of that dressing room, and my dad is standing there. He looked at the price, and he didn't say a word. But somewhere I think my dad knew. Because the way that it was put on by a, an adult, and the way that an eight- or nine-year-old would put that back on, I think he knew that I had switched the tags. My dad had gotten a couple other things. We went up to the checkout, and again, this is my day. They didn't have scanners a lady is actually putting in the amount in the cash register. And when it came to that, $6, my dad looked at me. And he said, are you sure those were $6? And I had a chance to be honest. I had the opportunity to come clean. I had the opportunity to let honesty rule the day. And I looked at my dad and I said, yes. Those were $6. I lied right to my dad. Every time I wore those pair of sweats, I felt dirty. Not only because I was dishonest about it and switching the price tag, but I had also lied to my dad. Several years ago, I asked my dad about that. I said, Dad, do you remember going to TG Maxx and me getting a pair of sweats? And he goes, I don't remember that but I have remembered it to this day. I've had to live with that lie. 
That's why, in so many ways, we see that lying always has you looking back asking, what if they find out? What if they actually find out? We know that honesty is the best policy. Always. Honesty is the best policy. It may not always be comfortable, but honesty is always the best policy. But yet we will continue to lie to ourselves and continue to lie to others and continue to lie to the Lord who calls us to be truthful. The root of all dishonesty, the root of all lying, comes from our enemy, Satan. And in chapter 8, in verse 44, Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees of the day. They are hypocrites, and he says this to them in John 8, 44. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. That's where the root of lying comes from. It's from our enemy. And yet we could sit here today and we could say, yeah, well, sure, but lying comes from our enemy. It comes from our sinful nature, the remnants of our sinful nature that we still have, and it comes from this world. How many of you have ever seen a commercial that you're like, that is not true? How many of you heard on the radio, that is not true? How many of you have seen something in a newspaper or on social media and they're like, that is not true, that is a lie? And yet we just act as if it's truth. Some common reasons for lying then. To cover up shame or guilt. Many of us have done that in here. When you tell the truth and you live the truth, you never have to worry about covering your tracks. I would venture to say, if we were to raise our hand this morning, many of you have lied because you have felt shame or guilt over a prior incident. So you have committed a sin, and then you cover it up by committing another sin. You have done it, and I've done it too. That doesn't make it right or justifiable, but it just shows us the ugliness of our sin. A second reason is we are embarrassed I'm sure many of you have been embarrassed at some time or another. I mean, you ever see an athlete and he'll, he'll miss the ball or he, he's got it in his hands and it slips through. And what does he do, do after it slips through his hands? Man, I don't know what I have on my hands. No, no, you just failed in catching the ball. You're blaming it on something on your hands. We're embarrassed over a situation, so we lie to save face or to escape that embarrassment. Number three, we intentionally slander or hurt someone else's reputation by lying about them. Can I just challenge you for a moment? There's people in your circles. There's people that you like, and there's people that you're like, "Mm, I, I don't know if we'll ever spend time together. Just be careful. The fact that we can be so malicious and we can falsely accuse and we can gossip and slander someone's good character, maybe you don't like them. But we've all done this. We've all done this. Where we've said something to someone, and usually it's in a prayer request. Have you noticed that? Usually we say, oh yeah, their marriage is it's terrible right now. They're, they're going through a hard time. And, and we end up, and end up slandering or end up gossiping about that person. Be, be careful. Number four, we want our own way. Kids will do this. Adults will do this. 
When we want our own way, we will tend to lie in order to get what we want. Or we'll shift the blame on someone else to make us look good. Number five, really, is to be nice. Someone we, sometimes we lie to be polite. Sometimes we lie because we don't want to hurt their feelings. If someone says, do you like my new hairstyle? And in your mind you're thinking, it looks like a rat's nest. It, that is the worst haircut I've ever seen. I mean, it, it looks terrible. I mean, it looks like a beehive. You don't tell them that, okay? It's going to destroy them. But you also don't want to lie and say, oh, your hair is, oh, it's delightful. It, it's just, it's beautiful. I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like it, okay? Why don't you just say, mm, I think I like your other hairstyle better. What's so hard to saying that? We didn't lie. It was just, just, I think I liked your other hairstyle better. When Aunt Mabel comes with her fruitcake every Christmas to your door, and you have made fun of her all year long, and you're like, oh, this fruitcake, I want to throw up every time I see it. It is the worst thing. I mean, if you have a boat, praise the Lord, you have an anchor now to go with it. I mean, and you will make fun about it. And when she comes over and knocks on your door, you're like, ah, Aunt May would say, oh, you brought the fruitcake. Oh, we love that fruitcake. We love it. And you're looking at each other, and you're, you're not being truthful. So what do you do when Aunt Mabel brings the fruitcake every year? Are you honest? Do you say, Aunt Mabel, this tastes like dog food. This is terrible. Do you say that? Or do you say, oh, we are so glad you brought it. That's, oh, man, we love it. But that's a lie. What is so hard in saying this, Aunt Mabel? We love you, and we love that you come over for Christmas dinner every year. We're not real fans of the fruitcake we just want to let you know, we're not real fans, but we love having you here. What's so wrong with saying that? And then another one that we see is uh, to make ourselves look better. We exaggerate or embellish the truth to make ourselves look better, don't we? Ever know of anyone who exaggerates on social media? Okay. Maybe you've exaggerated on social media. Okay. You know on Facebook where it says, uh, what's on your mind? You know that? It really should say, uh, think before you write. The truth doesn't cost you anything, but a lie can cost you everything. Everything. So let's make some application this morning. The first thing is this. Ask God to guard your mouth against falsehood or lying. Just put that before him. You know that there are times, maybe you're the average person that lies four times a day. And maybe it takes a moment for you to say, Lord, am I right with you? I want to make sure that I am not saying anything that would be deceptive to you, to others, even to myself. So would you guard my mouth against falsehood? And when I am ready to tell the lie, when I'm ready to spin one out, help me to just stop and let truth rule the day. Guard my mouth. Guard my mind. Number two, do you want lying to be a pattern in your life? You will not have a lot of friends if you go around lying. It's the saying, he who tells lies lives lies. You hang around someone long enough and they lie enough, you will choose not to be with them. 
unless you're a liar as well. In light of my past mistakes, my present circumstances, and my future hopes and dreams, do I want to be lying my way through life? It begins by developing a heart and mindset that honesty is the best policy. Again, it's not always comfortable. But at the end of the day, there is a clear conscience that I did the right thing and I honored the Lord. And number three, seek Jesus and seek his word. Now, I know that's a, a no-brainer for all of us in here. But when I am seeking the Lord and I am wanting fellowship with him and I am in his word, it does change my thinking. It does change from being a liar to striving to be honest and honoring God vertically in my relationship with him and horizontally with my relationship with others. That my life would give off an aroma of life and good character, not of falsehood. In doing so, we become truth tellers. God requires truthfulness. So I just want to leave you with this verse. Just remember it. Proverbs 13.3. Proverbs 13.3. Say it with me. Proverbs 13.3. He who guards his lips guards his life. But he who speaks rashly will come to ruin. And ask that God would guard our lips every day so that I would be speaking what is honorable and what is right and what is true in glorifying his great name. The ninth commandment, you should not bear false witness or testimony against your neighbor. Let's not bear false testimony or witness against ourselves or even against the Lord. He who guards his lips guards his life, but he who speaks rashly will come to ruin. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the great privilege that you give us to, again, represent your name. And Lord, I pray this morning you know those of us in here that have had those moments in our life where we have said something that has stretched the truth, been a fib, a tall tale, would you guard our minds and our hearts and our mouths even now that today, 10 minutes from now, will we be lying or will we find ourselves saying, Lord, truth will rule the day. Honesty is the best policy. We thank you for this morning. Thank you that it is you that helps us to see the importance of truth because you are truth. You are the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. May we hold on to you. May we find ourselves loving you and in doing so being truth seekers and truth tellers through the power of your Holy Spirit. We thank you and love you for the day that we have given us. In Jesus' name, amen.